Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Mystery School. Our topic tonight is Dark Night of the Soul, and I hope you guys are ready for a good one for tonight. Uh, definitely a topic I had never actually planned on talking about, but it is seemed to be one led by spirit um, in the most you know incredible way, um, something I feel like I'm even going through a little bit myself again. So I'd like to go ahead and start up with you guys on that topic for tonight. Let me share my screen with you guys. All right. Like I said, tonight's topic is Dark Night of the Soul. I have a feeling most people that uh, probably watching tonight, you know, have a little bit of understanding of what we're talking about with this. Um, it is something that has been spoken about for quite a long time by many different spiritual authors and teachers. And um, uh, I feel like it is a really important part of our spiritual process. Um, typically, people like that. People do identify this dark night of the soul um, as a spiritual crisis. You feel like you don't fit in um, a bit of an identity crisis. Who am I? I don't fit in where I'm at. People I'm I, I'm working with people. I'm my friends I'm hanging out with. They don't seem to get me. They don't seem to understand me. Uh, you really start to feel withdrawn, depressed, um, and you really almost really challenged to the core of everything that you know uh this is a um, an artwork by debbie clark titled dark night of the soul uh just in doing a little research and looking for material for tonight i just saw this and it just kind of resonated with me just out in nature um you know kind of going within um definitely seems kind of depressed and and, and those kind of things and um i don't necessarily think it's totally bad so much that i gathered up from uh, this incredible um, spiritual process, um, Dark Night of the Soul, you know, changed my life. Um, and I'll get more into my to my story a little bit later. But um, let's, you know, let's try to identify, you know, a little bit more of what we're talking about here. And the Dark Night of the Soul is not merely having a bad day or even week. Although they call it the Dark Night, it should be like the Dark Era, you know. The Dark Night is a long, pervasive, and very dark experience. If you're experiencing the dark night of the soul, you will constantly carry around within you a sense of a sense of being lost. Your heart will always, in some shape or form, be in mourning. And this is because you long deep down to feel the presence of your soul again. It's almost like we've come to this this place in our evolution where we just took a complete wrong turn. Um, and that's why, honestly, I feel like a lot of times it really is better to get totally lost in life. Uh, to become extremely cold, you know, um, better to be hot or cold than lukewarm, get really lost in your life. And that's really a lot of times where you find yourself uh, not feeling the emotions, the feelings, the kinships, the friendships, um, uh, the spirit that you, you know, really deep um, long for. And um, so, I, you know, ultimately, I feel like this is, you know, part of the graduation process i mean you know if we're you know beings that are made up of light and dark we certainly can't overlook the dark uh ramdas the dark night of the soul is when we've lost the flavor of life but have not yet gained the fullness of divinity so it is that we must weather that dark time the period of transformation when what is familiar has been taken away and the new richness is not yet ours uh, definitely love that. Um, I don't know who Lone or Wolfpath is, but when I saw these things, I definitely resonated with a lot of them. So I want to share a few with a few with you guys tonight. The seven omens of a dark night. Uh, deep sense of sadness, often triggered by your life, humanity. Number two, an acute sense of unworthiness. Number three, constant feeling of being lost to a life of emptiness. Four, possess a painful feeling of hopelessness. Uh, five, willpower and self-control is weakened, difficult to act. Uh, six, lacking interest and find no joy in things that once excited you. And seven, you crave for a loss of something, a distant place or return home. Um, definitely, you know, when I was in my dark night of the soul, um, it, I, I felt many of these things. I definitely felt sad. Um, I felt so much unworthiness. Like I um, I wasn't good enough to even get out or break away from the place that I was when it really first started to hit me. Um, it was almost like everything just started to break away. Friendships, job, um, 
it just all seemed to just start to like not work out anymore. Everything was just start like breaking off and, um, you know, not working. And uh, it was, it was really tough for me. You know, I was really depressed. Um, I'd almost, you know, really honestly say that suicide was contemplated many times. Um, and, uh, almost really, honestly, that was like the easy way out, you know, that, you know, there was so much pain and so much suffering going on. And I knew that was like the easy way out. And I was, you know, really contemplating it, but, um, I know that I, that's not what I really wanted to do. And that's not what I didn't want to take kind of like this easy way out. Um, but I definitely was there, uh, you know, just seemed like, you know, I had no real friends. I mean, I definitely, I worked in a bar at the time. So, um, people that I hung out with and associated with and stuff and called friends, but you know, when it came down to really needing somebody to be there for you, you know, just wasn't there all the time for me. And, um, that made it really hard and difficult. So it was, a, it was definitely a dark time for me. Um, I, I learned a lot from it. Um, and, uh, I think, you know, we should all not be so not be so unwilling to admit that it could be helpful. Uh, there's a lot of people probably in it right now that, you know, if I watch a video like this or something may think, you know, it's the end, it can't get any better, but I'm telling you, it can get better. The, this is a process, a natural process that I feel like almost all people have to go through at some point in their evolution and their incarnations. Um, it, it's just, it's just inevitable. So you don't, don't feel like you're the only one that um you know only you're going through this certainly many other people have gone through it the dark night of the soul is a journey into light a journey from your darkness into the strength and hidden resources of your soul navigating the dark night requires internal dialogue contemplation prayer quiet time sharing with those who understand the profound nature of inner transformation when you are in this interior place you stand at the crossroads of your power between your ego and your soul between time and timelessness. Um, that's exactly what I felt like. I, um, you know, other than work for the most part, there was definitely times where I was just pretty much in my apartment the majority of the time. Uh, sometimes watching, you know, just going down the rabbit hole, watching YouTube videos, reading different kind of books. Um, but I really almost had absolutely no desire whatsoever to really interact with anybody else I feel like the hermit it was like the hermit stage of uh the the tarot readings and tarot cards and major arcana um i had i had really absolutely no no desire whatsoever to do anything fun to enjoy life to do anything with anybody i feel like i didn't deserve to have fun um you know this dark time that came upon me it was like i felt worthless and i felt like there i had nothing nothing to give good in life um, and so I was, I was in there, but I, you know, definitely was contemplating and, and having prayer time and, um, you know, going within trying to find out what is this feeling? Why does everything seem like it's breaking away? Why does this seem almost at the same time, like something that's happened before? Um, and, uh, certainly something I can't just, you know, walk away from. This is a, a very, you know, deep sense feeling that I'm feeling. There's no doubt about that. The dark night of the soul is a purging process that calls us to the release all that is unhealed or unnecessary, releasing all that is in the way of our highest good. Man, it really is purging all the stuff you don't need. I mean, the only, the only way that you could probably feel that bad to feel that disconnected is you're disconnected from your own soul. Uh, again, for me, I worked, I was a young kid. And knew that uh, there were a lot of things I didn't want to be when I grew up. I didn't want to be a police officer. I didn't want to be a, a firefighter. And all those things my parents asked me, do you want to be like grandpa? Do you want to be like me? And I was like, man, those are fine things. They're just not what I came here to do. And I, you could name off a thousand things. I'd be like, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And I knew deep down that I would find it, I feel like, someday. But I didn't know what it was. And even that is like, you know, even learning in itself, like even knowing in itself as a young kid. I knew the things I didn't want to do. Um, so to go out in the world and to go out to college and, and to find something like, you know, working in restaurants, working in bars, I really enjoyed it, had a lot of fun, but, um, 
I knew that I didn't want to work at a job and and at a desk with the suit and tie. I just, that wasn't me. I couldn't do that. I would I would not be happy at all. So, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was looking for it, and so that helped me um, at least go down that path to find something that I at least enjoyed for a while. Um, but I definitely, you know, because of the drinking, you know, leads to depression that led me to some really dark places. You know, I lied a lot. I cheated on people. I, you know, I, I was just not a good person. Um, and I was really miserable because of it. Um, and so I became this person that, you know, I, I wasn't super proud of. So there was a really big reason why I wasn't happy that I was, you know, didn't feel worthy. Um, and I had done a lot of things to not feel good. And in that moment, you know, I was being the absolute opposite kind of a person that I wanted to be. So it makes a lot of sense that, and not that everybody has to go through that, but I feel like the same feelings are relevant. The same, you know, situations with people can be relevant, you know, or at least they don't, they're not lining up with how you are. And so it's just not a really fulfilled relationship as a friendship or um, as a, um, you know, as a, as a, as a lover or something, it's just, it's just not there for you. It just seems like no matter where you go, where you find them, you're dating the same person over and over again. And that was a huge epiphany for me as well. Um, in in this darkness, so I was dating different people, seemingly from, you know, different backgrounds and cultures and different things like that. Uh, but one, one day in particular, one girl said the same thing to me, the last girlfriend said to me, standing in the same place in my apartment, in my living room. And, um, that changed my life because like the light bulb goes off in my head. And I instantly knew at that point, uh, no matter where I go, if I move to another country, if I move to another planet, you're going to continuously find the same kind of people because of who you are. You got to get rid of these, these emotions that don't, that don't work. You got to get rid of this, this mindset that doesn't work for anymore. Cause you're going to constantly pull on the same things. And that's when I really started to realize that, you know, Hey, this, this may be something to all of this and these feelings and everything. Um, I love this Rufus Jones quote. He said, if you have not clung to a broken piece of your old ship in the dark night of the soul, your faith may not have the sustaining power to carry you through the end of the journey. And it, that, isn't that true? Like how we, for me, I'm working this bar. And I didn't know what else I could do. I didn't know who else I could be. I didn't think I was worthy of any other job. And so I'm going through all these things. My relationships are going, but my job is, you know, I asked for a raise and my boss was like, ah, you know, whatever. He got mad at me for even asking. I totally deserved it. And I did eventually get it. But, um, you know, even at that, like thing, like, what am I worthy of? What else am I going to do? I feel like I'm hiding behind this bar and I got this potential to be, you know, something great, but I don't even know what that is. And I, you know, I'm so afraid to leave it. I'm going to I'm going to literally stay clung to the broken piece of this old ship that's breaking down when I know that this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. I know there's something better out for me out there for me that I can be much more happier about. Um, But I'm definitely holding on to this whole life for a while, Um, you know, but uh, not feeling, you know, adequate, not feeling um, that I'm worthy of anything else. So. You know, the, the best things at that moment that I could do was I started meditating. I started going to yoga. And um, I think one of my first big breakthroughs was going to a yoga class. And um, I was in the class and everything. And then all of a sudden, I mean, like the uh, certain poses and things were happening. And my heart like busted open and it just like started speaking to me. Like, you're going to go to Colorado and you're going to go work with kids. You got to go do it. And that's all it said. Just move to Colorado, go work with kids. And I, my, that's my heart saying to me while my brain saying you're a bartender in Atlanta. No one is going to hire you to be <laughs> work with kids anywhere. <laughs> and so again, my, my unworthiness steps in. I don't feel like I can do it, but I keep doing things um, to kind of, you know, move forward because I feel like I'm not going to, you know, I, I got the, the thoughts of suicide, but I feel like at the end of the day, I'm not going to kill myself. So what am I going to do? I am miserable, though. I'm absolutely miserable. Um, you know, I, I realize sometimes that some of these really pretty people that I've dated and stuff were the most miserable people. Um, just because someone looks really good doesn't mean they're super happy or or have a, a lot of, you know, uh, things going for them other than that sometimes. And so I was miserable, absolutely miserable and didn't know what to do with myself. Um, there's no coming to consciousness without pain, 
People will do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to avoid facing their own soul. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. And that that speaks volumes to me as well. I love Carl Jung, and um, it was definitely that was a huge part of it. You know that this darkness has a place for me too, right? That there's a part of this journey that is totally valid. And I can't just like wish it away or feel like I don't need this part of the of my life or, you know, how is this going to serve me too? what is this going to motivate me to do that other things won't do? And that's when I realized that suffering was the greatest motivation, probably the best motivation of all time, the, the probably the best thing that can happen to you to wake up if you're truly absolutely miserable in your life, if you um are completely unhappy if your life has become completely cold um you don't want to do it anymore so there's like two ways out either you change it or you probably do commit suicide people probably do a lot of people do um for me i knew that there was absolutely no way there's no way that uh, i can do the you know kill myself so i'm going to figure something else out and um you know i was making the darkness conscious what am i going to how am I going to use this to be a motivator? I'm I'm in my I'm in my room, thirty something years old, you know, I'm miserable. Uh, job isn't what I wanted it to be anymore. I'm not happy there. I don't even want to drink alcohol anymore. Uh, people that I'm dating, I'm dating the same person over again. Every time I find someone, and that's miserable. So I stopped dating people. I stopped drinking. I'm still working at the same place. So here I am, a sober person at work you know, not dating anyone, trying to be celibate. And, you know, that's like just a little bit step up, but, uh, you know, realizing that, man, I've got to get completely out of here. I can't even, I can't even stay here in Georgia. I've got to completely move. If I stay anywhere close to here, I'll always work at this job and I'll do something else, but I'll always use this job as a crutch. So I got to get out. I've got to completely move somewhere else, far, far away where there's no crutch in this, where there, I'm never going to crawl back. To this job and try to do it over and over again um and so i've got to do that uh here's eckhart tolle saying every spiritual teacher points to the possibility of the end of suffering and that that's a sexy idea for me at this moment i'm super suffering in my own life that i've created and i've realized that i created every bit of it now it is true that most teachers have gone had to go through the dark night of soul although for one or two of them it was very very quick and maybe maybe Eckhart Tolle is the reason why they call it the dark night of the soul, but it should be dark nights or the dark era. Um, for me, it was very it was a long time. It was, it was years probably of feeling this feeling. And um, I, like I said again, I knew I had to change it. The dark night of the soul comes just before revelation when everything is lost and all seems darkness. Then comes the new life and all that is needed. Man, that's what it is. There's a new life out there. And when I did that yoga class that day, my heart opened up and said, I got to work with kids. It just, it, it kept saying it. It never stopped saying it. Um, I knew that that was the goal. And, you know, I, I was med doing meditation. I was learning about law of attraction, all the things. I knew that there was another life out for me that no matter how much money I made was so much more richer than the life I was currently making that I was able to literally sell everything that I own and or give it away. I gave a lot of, a lot of things away to my friends just because I felt like, you know, I don't know. I wanted people to have something of me when I left or, you know, maybe it would be something of mine that would spark their, um, you know, their journey into becoming who they really are in, in a small way. Um, so I gave a lot of things away and I could have rented a U-Haul or something, but I didn't. I just, whatever fit in my car, everything that I could fit in my Jeep Wrangler at the time, that's what I'm taking with me. And that's it. And, you know, I gave away antique desks and stuff of my grandparents and everything. But I knew, I knew, I said, if I leave here and I go out somewhere else and I go live and, and follow my passion, follow my heart, I'll get all these things back and more. I knew that. And today I sit in a home with a car that was nicer than the car I owned in, a home I didn't have back then. Uh, a partner, uh, a baby girl in the bed upstairs, all those things that make me a much more richer of a person than I was, than I ever could have had any of those. I couldn't have had those things when I used to work back at the bar in Atlanta. I, I, I definitely didn't deserve uh, them because I didn't feel worthy of them. How could I have them? How could I get them if I didn't even feel worthy of them um, so many times? 
um, that those things, you know, even came close to fruition, uh, I would screw it up. So there's so much in this dark night of soul. We need to remember, you know, don't let this little moment here in your life completely just absolutely eat at you. Let it be your motivation to change. Uh, during that dark night, of school, dark night of the soul, I planned an escape. I said, I'm escaping from this. I'm escaping from this life, from these feelings, and, and I'm going to create a brand new life. I'm going to you know, take this as the seed going into the dark dirt, and I'm going to be planted in, and I'm going to grow something new. Wherever I go, I'm going to, I'm going to thrive. And I knew that. Um, but there were other things in there too. I mean, so many realizations that I don't think could have happened any other way. Uh, some, you know, a lot of people talk about the soul, you know, like the soul family and um, you know, soulmates and stuff. I learned in that dark night of soul that even my enemies were my soulmates. And, um, you know, just a short story, like there were people that I hated back then. I had a lot of hate in my life. I had a lot of grudges that I kept against people. Uh, I did find out in yoga class one day in a back back bend. All of a sudden, I, I let go of a ton of, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, pent aggression, um, holding on to anger with somebody. I did a back bend one day. All of a sudden, it just released, and I knew that there were certain people that I had held grudges against them, and it caused me physical pain in my back, and then all of a sudden, it was gone. Um but I knew that um, enemies were soulmates as well. The people that I that I was there with and, and living with and hanging out with that I hated, I, I tried to get rid of at the bar one day and I would turn around the next day. They were right there hanging out with somebody else. And next day, hanging out with somebody else. And I would tell people, don't hang out with that person. Don't do this. And, you know, and, and next thing you know, one day this guy walks in. I had thrown him out of the bar literally one time and uh, thought that, you know, he would never come back. Sure enough, he always came back. Um, and I, he came in one day at five o'clock. I was the only person in there setting up and he's just wanted to talk to me. And I was like, all right. And I, and it was just that overwhelming feeling, you know, God was like, just listen to him today. And I was like, all right, we're just going to, we're going to listen. I'm going to talk to you, hear what you have to say. I'm doing my spiritual work. And so, you know, I, here it is, you know, uh, I'm forgiving myself. I'll forgive you. Let's go. And as soon as I did that, really tried to hear this guy. I realized within five or 10 minutes, we were talking about Tesla, free energy, aliens, UFOs. And I'm like, dang, dude, I didn't know you know about any of this stuff. He's like, man, I got, I got DVDs and CDs full of that stuff you can use for your videos and stuff. And I was like, man, uh, that'd be great. And this guy became like my biggest fan. He shared stuff on Facebook. He shared my stuff. He always liked everything I put on there. He was like the biggest fan and I was his biggest fan. And anyway, so after we made up and I went to go talk to my boss and I was like, you know, I made up with Key West and he said, I can't believe you ever hold a grudge again. That guy's just like you more than anybody else I know. And I was just like, wow, wow, more, more like me than anybody's like, yeah, y'all talk about the same thing all the time, you know, all the same stuff. And and I realized it was me that that projected things that I didn't like about myself onto him that I didn't that didn't say that it was me. It was Key West. It was this other person. It was this other guy that he's the guy I don't like. It's not myself, but it was really, it was really myself that I didn't like and I didn't forgive. And so I realized at that point, uh, I had probably incarnated with this guy over and over and over again and hated this dude. And hate and love are just the extremes of emotion. And you can flip them. Like hate's like love in reverse. And as soon as we did that, as soon as I heard him out, that's exactly what happened. And I never had any negative feeling to him ever again. Um, so there's so many things that you can learn. The same thing with the girls. I dated the same girl over and over again. Um, there were things that I found, you know, practices, yoga, meditation, monatomic gold, where I had, I would just like had a lot of extra cash. So I would take pounds of that stuff and eat it and drink it, have huge revelations in my house. Um, spiritual concepts, uh, that I, you know, like I used to give people money all the time. Um, on my way home, I'd, I'd walk home from work three or four or five o'clock in the morning, man, it'd be like 10 homeless people asking for money. And I'd always give every single one of some five, 10 bucks, whatever. And I always felt good about that. But all my other friends were always like, don't give them money, Jacob. They're going to go buy drugs and they're going to buy this. And they weren't wrong. So I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't give people money at five o'clock in the morning. And so I felt weird about it. So I stopped doing it. 
And I told them all why I wasn't going to do it. Please don't ask me. And it went probably like five months and no one asked me and I didn't even think about it. And it was just kind of a weird situation where every time I walked home, almost no one ever asked me. And, um, but I was doing my work. I was doing my meditation. I was doing my, my, my yoga and, you know, going to spiritual places already. And one day this couple came up to me asking me for money so they could get some, some burgers from checkers. And I, and I really liked them, Reggie and Zeta. Um, they're beautiful people. They actually refer to themselves as home free instead of homeless, which I, I kind of admired. Um, they didn't have the troubles of having homes. And I was like, okay, I see that. And they would do anything for me that I asked them to. So take out trash, they come in my house and take out trash, whatever. And so I gave them 20 bucks and uh, I, I hugged them and I told them I loved them and I cared about them. And here's some more money for it. You know, get something in the morning, some breakfast. And I went to my house and, and I went to bed and I woke up the next morning. And as soon as I did, I got a phone call from an ex-girlfriend looking to buy a rock band thing, rock band, the guitars, the everything, the drums that uh, I had tried to sell on Facebook and everywhere else. Never got one bite. And uh, at that moment, we hadn't used it for months. And so I would have, you know, I would have gave it to him for practically free. 20 bucks. Here's, here's all of it. She's like, OK, she'll call you in a second. And so she calls me and um, they offered me two hundred dollars for it. And just because I know what you got. They already told me. So, you know, we'll bring it over in just a few minutes. And I was like, OK, great. And I got off the phone and the light bulb went off in my head and I realized two hundred dollars is tenfold of that twenty dollars I gave to Reg and Zeta in a way that I'd never actually gave him money before. I gave it with no conditions to it. Totally grateful to have it and give it to them. And that light bulb goes off my head said, that's how you feed 5,000 people with two fish and three loaves of bread. And I was like, wow, you can really amplify all kinds of stuff if, if we really were in that kind of state. So th this dark period brought me revelation after revelation. Um, once I really started to embrace it, once I really started re to realize that, you know, there's a, there's a reason for this. There's This is the moment in my life that I really need to um, to embrace even before I get to Colorado or wherever else, you know, go ahead and start embrace it now. And when I did, I really, I really did have start have pretty crazy things like that happen. Um, and here is the, uh, the the tower card from the tarot deck. It's a you know major arcana card, uh, the number sixteen. I, I believe this to pretty much be Dark Knight of the Soul card. This is the the natural evolution, the natural process that this um, major arcana that that explains you know um here it is two people jumping out of this you know tall tower on a mountain i'd almost see that as like ego um and it's showing the crowns right and one person has a crown i kind of feel like that's saying these people are um no matter who you are if you're a king or a prince or you know someone with a lot of money or this or that we're all going to go through the stage we're all going to hit this you know lightning bolt of enlightenment that's going to come hit our nice little tower all built up tall and high in its high place um th this you know that bolt's going to hit us all that 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 light's going to come in no matter how far we try to build it up i mean even look at someone like will smith you know just going to use him as a great example everybody likes will smith and then he did what he did and all of a sudden man is he not does it not could you not describe probably what he's going through as a dark night of soul? He's, he's, you know, made it to the top of the mountain. Um, he slaps Chris Rock and now it seems like everyone hates him. He can't, you know, things are working out for him, but I say, it's not bad. Good. Good for him. What a great ego check. What a great moment in his life to really become the person that he wants to be. So I don't, again, I don't see this as like wishing negative on somebody. This is a great part to be at in your life. Um, and it's, again, it's knocking that crown off the top. Um, you know, this is, this is it. Um, the major arcana of the tower upright upheaval, uh, lack of security, uh, lack of safety, security and structure, danger, crisis, destruction, elimination, unforeseen change, a time for restructure, a destructive event that was due to happen in time. Um, again, upheaval, the rug being pulled beneath your feet, a time for restructuring, yeah, 16, change, option, determination, a spiritual awakening, sudden change and shifts, revelations, change for your highest good, divine intervention. Man, all that, when you really think about it, it's good. That's great. That's a good thing, you know? You can't sit up there in your ivory tower all day, you know, and not be connected to Mother Earth, connected to 
other things. You're going to get knocked out of there. Um, and then another, man, another great um, place where I found the dark night of the soul, basically. Uh, I watched Greg Braden's um, Seven to Scene Mysteries of Self. The, the scenes were basically a, a, a very secret spiritual sect that even they say that Jesus um that he that he taught with them or, and he learned the, their ways with them um and basically what the seven is seen mirrors are um is that let's I'll go to the first one mystery of the first mirror the mirror of the moment what how you are in this moment is you know can be the people that you meet the places that you work when you go to the grocery store, whatever you're going out and you do in the world is what you're kind of moment to moment receiving back. It's almost like quantum physics. That this is how the universe decodes itself through the outside world because of your inside desires, who you are really. Um, number two, the mirror of that which is judged, what you judge. So you may not be someone who steals, but if you're someone who, excuse me, if you're someone who gets really angry and is really triggered by people who steal, that could lead you to have people steal from you. Um, that's literally what it's saying. So not that you steal, so you're stolen from. That's definitely something that can happen with the first mirror. But just being get a really huge charge on people who do that kind of stuff, you can guarantee you that's what's going to happen to you. Number three. The mirror of that which is lost, given away, or taken away. And I'm not trying to go through all these on a lot of depth, but they're so good. I, I encourage all of you guys to go. If you haven't watched Greg Braden's uh, Seven is Seen Mirrors, uh, go go watch it. And, and it's really long. And I probably watched it 100 times. And it, I just find so much in every time. But what you lose as a kid, what you give away, what's taken away, your spunk, your spirit, uh, you're often looking for that. If you've lost something like that in your in your life as a child, you you're trying to find it in others. You know the extrovert personality, bubbly personality, something that you had as a kid probably, and you've lost it. And now you're trying to find it. Number four, the most forgotten love. You know your love life and everything, the things that you've lost. But even it could be your parents. But number five, the mirror of the father and the mother. Um, you know what. What uh, your mother and father literally um, mirror your relationship to the divine, the div divine masculine, divine feminine. Um, then number six, here it is, mirror of the quest in the darkness. Number six is literally the dark night of the soul. Number seven is the mirror of your self-perception. So as we go out in the world, the places that we go, the places that we shop at, the places that you work, uh, no matter where you go, you will constantly... Uh, pull mirrors of yourself um, through other people that you meet, situations, circumstances, and events. Um, so again, number six, in you, I see my most feared aspects of self-worth, trust, abandonment, and loneliness, and aloneness. Uh, flash moments leading to life-changing insights. So again, this is, you know, all these things. It's like looking at the scariest thing that you can possibly imagine and learning something and really getting something from it because, that too, even the scariest things in our life can bring forth the greatest change in us. And that's what they're going to do, literally. Uh, that's what it's there for. Um, the sixth mirror reflects back to us the quest for darkness or what is often referred to as dark night of the soul. This is when we meet our greatest challenges, our greatest fears, and have gathered the tools and understandings in our life to confront them. God never gives us more than we can handle, and we have a choice in every experience to greet it as a powerful manifestate manifestate manifesting God, God is our victim. Uh, I don't want to be a victim anymore, man. I don't want to have this victim mentality and that someone has to come save me, man. You are at your rock bottom. If you are a victim of your life, that someone else is always doing, making you late. Somebody else is always making you feel miserable. No one can make me feel miserable. I allow you to make me feel miserable, but you can't make me do it unless I allow you to do it. How powerless are we when we say things like that? You made me do that. You made me feel like that. Oh my God, that's so manipulating. Um, but it's a, you know, it is true that um we are we allow people to do that. And if you become a god, a goddess instead of a victim, you realize I create all this, I'm responsible for it, I need to save myself. And all this stuff 
when it comes down to it, is really part of our hero's journey. Joseph Campbell came up with this. This is in like this is like every movie that you see that you that really uh, speaks archetypes to us, right? When you watch superhero movies and Star Wars and all those things, these are those are great classic examples of the hero's journey. And the first, you got just a, you know, a person in their everyday life, and then there's some kind of call to adventure, some kind of supernatural aid, or you know, somebody comes along and and kind of pushes you off, or someone dies, or something. This is all the known. The top part of that's the known, the known part of reality. And then all of a sudden, you've got to go through the the the, the challenges, and you got to meet helpers and mentors. And then down at the bottom is the revelation, the abyss, the death and rebirth. That's the dark night of the soul. This is a journey from light into dark, back to light again. That's exactly what life is all about. There's an ebb and flow and balance of light and dark. Not that we're going to transmute this darkness into light. Like it, It's valid. It's totally necessary as well. Um, we need to really embrace the fact that that darkness is here to stay. <laughs> we're probably going to go through many different types of dark nights of the soul. Now, it doesn't have to be this completely breakdown of all the things that you have, but there are certain aspects that's going to break down your ego to, to have a, have a death of that, to re to rebirth and rebuild a new one. Um, so you think you can transform and you can the atonement, the awakening, and then return back with the knowledge. Uh, and there's all kinds of um, different parts of this uh, call to, you know, in the hero's journey, um, that was just the, the broad skeleton of it. There's a lot of stuff that goes in there um, as well. But the, you know, the greatest movies that you watch all have this stuff in there, all have these these different parts. Of it. If, if you want to watch a great movie that can help explain this, Finding Joe, one of the best movies I've ever seen. I've probably watched it 100 times. Um, just so powerful and how it describes exactly like the, the hero's journey and each of us are our own hero. And so when we see those heroes go through those trials and tribulations, I mean, the best movies are all about the fact that someone has to face something really dark. And when they, you know, and it seems hopeless and terrible at the time, but after they come over it or after they, you know, uh, get through it, you know, how much better they are for it, how much they've grown, how much more powerful they are because they went through this dark, deep thing. Um, you know, and it's all about facing yourself. Even the story of Star Wars, when Luke has the dream, he cuts off, and he, you know, cuts off Darth Vader's head with the lightsaber. Um, and he looks at his head and it's his face inside Darth Vader's. It's you that you're fighting. Right. And we have to become the hero of our own journey. Um, but yet we watch these heroes on television. We watch these heroes. We read about them in books and. And it calls to us, right? It calls to us and excites us because it's like, it's like your subconscious is saying, man, it's time for you to do that. Time for you to be that. Um, and we don't really get the point. And somehow I feel like it almost kind of synthetically does it for us a little bit. Um, and so then we don't go out and be the own hero of our own life because we've watched it on TV so many times. It almost like kind of satisfies us internally that we don't actually have to go do it. So um, sometimes it's good to turn TV off and become the hero of your own journey instead of watching them on TV all the time. Um, and again, so I told you that it, this is a journey of light in the dark, that the dark gives birth to the light. The uh, light gives birth to the dark. This is the two-dimensional figure of a Taurus. If you know what a Taurus is, where uh, you have the inner workings of like an apple or orange or the magnetosphere around the planet where the... Uh, center comes up and out and down again and back up again and it's just this free-flowing um circuit of energy that's how uh, stars move throughout the galaxy it's um it's more than just this little symbol of light and dark this is this is a this is a process of the universe that um i think is is a symbol for us to understand the yin yang the symbol of harmony Reminds us that life is a balancing act and most fulfilling when we learn to embrace its dualities. Um, so important, right? Like we have to realize like it's not something to be afraid of. It's not something to walk away from, to get away from, to not accept. That darkness is there for a reason. Uh, one of the revelations I had in Atlanta before I moved out here was the fact that uh, I was meditating. I was, you know, laying in my bed and just 
totally relaxed and succumbing to all that is and asking for a huge enlightenment uh, ideas to come through me. And I saw the universe and I saw what was like a black hole to me. And I saw light swirling around into it. And it was being pulled into this dark hole where eventually it was birthed out and it was swirling out light again. And I realized, oh man, that's the center of the galaxy. The center of the galaxy is a black hole and it's pouring out this, you know, spiral of light. That's the galaxy. And I was like, that's me too. I'm a black hole because I had realized at a point, like I'm a black hole of energy. Like I'm, I'm sucking in all these things until I finally sucked in something that was worthy yoga, meditation, you know, this monotonic gold, uh, meaningful relationships, all these things. I was like, man, there's things that are actually worse on besides money, sex, and drugs and things that I've been trying to suck down forever. and hadn't done anything for me. Um, so anyways, it, you know, um, I realized that that was really important. There, there is something about the light in the dark to not just be light workers, to not just be, you know, I'm going to live in the light, positive vibes only, man. You, people are still going to die. You're still going to cry. Um, you know what I mean? There are uh, methods of madness that that are relevant. You know, like people say, we got to get rid of bullies. A bully is totally relevant to someone who bullies himself, to someone who doesn't love themselves. That's what you need in your life as a bully, a physical bully. You don't you, you internally are bully to yourself. You hate yourself. Bullies don't go on the playgrounds looking for healthy people. They look for the person who's already internal dialect is how much they hate themselves or how much they bully themselves so here it is manifesting in the physical form a bully for you to learn for yourself and a bully doesn't like himself that much either right he has a hurt to hurt other people to make himself feel better so it's all relevant it's like this cosmic dance that we have to identify and know and the universe is a perfect place and everything's getting just exactly how it's supposed to be done and realize man it is this darkness is necessary how can I be substantial if I do not cast a shadow? I must have a dark side if I am to be made whole. And accepting that dark side is part of it. So when you finally learn to accept your shadow self, I am perfect, whole, and complete just as I am. Even Skeletor could do it, right? If, if Skeletor can love himself, I feel like we all can. Uh, it's so important. No matter who we've been, no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, you can forgive yourself and learn to realize like that too was a was a definitely needed period in my life for me to be able to learn how to balance the light and the dark in my own life uh, to get not give responsibility over to anybody else take total responsibility for yourself and learn how to balance it that you know creation and destruction are basically the same thing light and dark hot and cold they're just the extremes of the same thing. And we need to realize that we can balance these things within ourselves. I love this quote too, by from Star Wars, there's so much, so much great archetype in Star Wars and so much truth, to be honest. The force is not a power you have. It's not about lifting rocks. It's the energy between all things, a tension, a balance that binds the universe together. It's a narrow path, a narrow gate. And we just have to go through it. So, it's the cave that we fear the most, the things that scare us the most that we're terrified to do. I was terrified of my of heights, so I started jumping out of airplanes. I started rock climbing. And in facing my fears is when I started to really literally become free, realizing that, you know, that darkness, that fear was something that boiled up in me that I realized I had to do this. It gave me that insight to realize, like, man, you're never going to be clean if you don't do it. And I had opportunities that came up and I was like, okay, I'm going to jump out of airplanes. I'm going to rock climbing. I was actually good at those things, especially rock climbing. I can't really be good at jumping an airplane too much. <laughs> you just jump out. Um, but I was good at it. And I didn't realize like how good I could be at something. I was like, wow, how, I'm pretty good at something. I'm actually was terrified to do at first. Um, but the, the treasure that we're seeking, the, the freedom, the, the, the vigor of life that is in these caves of, of that we're so afraid to enter, go in them, go find it. whatever scares you the most, go do it. That's your indication that you need to go do it. And when we expose ourselves to our deepest fear, after that, we're totally free. The light can help you find that. The darkness can help you find that.
But regardless, when we expose ourselves to our fear, we're free. We take that fear out of us and we look at it straight in the face and no longer uh, keeps us from being who we truly are meant to be. So just like snakes, we can shed our skin. We shed our past over and over again. This is something that has to happen. You just have to, you know, not be so stuck. And and, uh, those dark nights of soul help you realize, like, you can cling to that old part of your ship. And it, that'll help you. But after that, these, when these periods come back again, you don't need to anymore. Just keep moving forward and don't let it get to you. And so I feel like this is where all this leads to. Accepting the light and the dark leads to freedom. I totally said this. True freedom and the end of suffering is living in such a way as if you completely chosen whatever you feel or experience at this moment. This inner alignment with now is the end of suffering. Is suffering really necessary? Yes and no. If you had not suffered as you have, there would be no depth to you as a human being, no humility, no compassion. That's so true, man. How much suffering gave led to my so much compassion for others. Uh, it's what I it's really literally why I do what I do today. I work with uh, autistic kids and adults. Suffering cracks open the shell of ego. And then comes to a point when it has served its purpose, suffering is necessary until you realize it's unnecessary. Again, I tell you, man, that suffering is what woke me up the most. And that dark night of soul is where I suffered the most. So I have every everything to give to that dark night of soul. That That's where I became who I am now. You know, it's not, not because I moved to Colorado. It was all because of that. That gave me the reason to go do it. To be completely miserable, man, what a great thing to be completely miserable, to be completely cold in your life. So when we heal ourselves, we heal the world. When we save ourselves, we've saved the world. This is this is so important, man. Everybody wants to change the world. That's what Gandhi said. You want to change the world, first change yourself, right? When we change ourselves, we are changing the world because you're part of it. You're not separate from it. You're a part of it just like... You know, the trees and the grass and the stars, we may seem small. And that's good, too, to realize, you know, be humble and and, and realize, your, you know, humility in that. But you're just as great as any star or any planet or anything that ever has been or any person that's ever come or will come. We just have to realize that. So when we really work on ourselves, when we heal ourselves, we love ourselves, we heal the world, we love the world. Uh, it's so important. Because the earth has had its own dark night of the soul. And this painting right here really symbolifies the most to me. Back here, 2,000 years ago, when we crucified our own Christ and, and we did not know who we really were, and we've gone down a dark, dark path since then, a dark night of the soul. And it's been it's a lot of nights, <laughs> a dark era of the soul. Um, we lost who we were. We've got to a place where many of us are no longer happy with the way things are going, uh, how our spirituality is going, how we're spending money, the way we're spending money for different things, perpetuating war, destroying our forest. Um, the earth has gone through a very, very dark night of soul, but we're coming out of it. We're coming out of it. We're coming out to a very incredible, beautiful place. But we've got to heal ourselves first to help heal this planet. And I think that's totally important. It's really relevant right now to realize like we're going through our own little dark night soul. And we've gone through our dark night soul and the earth has too. And she's about to give birth to a whole new spiritual awakening of life, of humans, of how we're doing things. Man, I, I, I want to even talk about it some more, but at this point, I feel like my imagination doesn't even cut it to probably what we'll see. You know, some people say hundred times, a thousand times more harmonious. And now regardless of the darkness that we've gone through, there's no doubt for me that we're about to go through a very well lit time on this planet. So do your work, heal yourself to heal the planet, love yourself. Have some grace. Realize this This too shall pass. And this moment is something super important to be here now for. And um, with that said, we can paint and create a new world alongside our Mother Earth. Uh, 
that's more harmonious, more beautiful, greater than we've seen in a long time. Um, that's what I'm here for. Uh, and I think I know most people on this this talk tonight, joining us, the people who watch this on YouTube later, on Ascension Works Television, on Rumble, whatever it is. Um, there's a reason why you found this video, why you're on this, this cast tonight. Um, we're all moving towards that same place. And we can be thankful for our dark nights of the soul. Uh, so important that, um, you know, we give it validity, that we help the others through it, right? If you've been through anything like this, to find other people and to lift them up and to let them know, man, how much I got out of this is so important. I honestly feel like I let some people down by not talking about this sooner, um, by not talking about topics like this sooner sometimes, because I know a lot of people have gone through it. I know a lot of people going through it. Uh, I do feel like for myself, I've got a, I got a dark time going on right now, not anywhere to the extent that was back, back in Atlanta in those days, but something inside of me is, you know, really feeling some darkness in there, some, some teaching in that, in that realm, in that way. Uh, and so I'm listening. And so tonight, this was totally inspired by spirit to give you guys to um, talk about something I feel like is really important that maybe we don't talk about enough. And I wanted to give it that validation tonight that it definitely deserves. So um, thank you guys for being here tonight. Uh, I am totally incredibly uh, grateful to each and every single one of you for being here. Um, I'm trying to take my share off real quick. Nope, stop sharing. Here we go. Um, I'm I'm incredibly grateful for every single one of you being here tonight. For everyone who watched this video later, please share, subscribe. Um, you know, anybody who's going through something like this, send them this video. Talk to them. Let them know your experiences. Uh, you know, we're definitely going through a larger darkness of soul with the planet as well. And it's imperative that we help every single person out that we, po we possibly can. Um, it's all about loving. It's all about helping and serving each other. You know, there is no greater person on this planet than one that serves other people. Yeah, I totally believe that. So thank you guys for coming. I appreciate every single one of you. I'm so absolutely thankful for this moment in time, this life that I've been given. You know, I promise to do the best with it I've got. Uh, I love and and. I see the divinity in every single person that's here with us tonight and every single person that's on the planet with us, no matter who they think they are, what they think about themselves. I know that each and every single person is God in the flesh. And I thank you guys all tonight for being here. Namaste.